Welcome to our Bible study uh, at Exceeding Faith, which we do every week uh, at Tuesday at eight o'clock UK time. And uh, we just had a short break, but uh, trust everybody has had a good time and we're going to get back to doing these every week again. So it's good to be back with you. And um, I'm going to be starting a series in the next couple of weeks, but tonight uh, and probably next week, there's just a couple of things I want to cover on my heart uh, that I believe it's very important that every Christian gets a hold of and understands these different truths. So if we want to open to uh, Ephesians chapter one, we're going to get straight to the word of God. And uh, I'm going to look at some things that Paul said, uh, some very important New Testament truths, which every believer needs to get a hold of. And we need to understand this. A lot of Christians uh, have not really got a hold of some of the, 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 the areas that God wants us to focus on and what God wants us to get a hold of. So Ephesians chapter one, and starting in verse 17. Now, this is a prayer that uh, Paul prayed for the Ephesian church. And a lot of times, a lot of times when we pray, when we seek God, uh, you know, we, we have all kinds of ideas about how we should pray and the, the priority we place in our praying. And when we ask other people to pray for us, usually we, we're asking people to pray for things, for our needs met, uh, our, our, our healing or other things like that. And I'm not saying those are not uh, valid prayers and there's a place for those. However, in praying for the Ephesian church, it's interesting here that Paul does not say, I pray that God will bless you and I pray that God will give you peace and I pray that God will, you know, meet your needs. Uh, this prayer focuses on the areas that Paul understood were to be the very important things that Christians need to, to get a hold of. So let's start here in Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 17, he records this prayer and tells us how he prayed for the church. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17 says this, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your, and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now he's about to go on and tell us what he prayed for. Now a lot of times, you know, the church has... Uh, been taught and a lot of people have heard that we should pray the Lord's Prayer, uh, the prayer that Jesus gave his disciples. And a lot of Christians, a lot of churches pray this. I want to just uh, point out a couple of things that that prayer was given to uh, Jesus' disciples before he went to the cross. Uh, so that prayer was given to his disciples before they were even born again. And that prayer does not include the name of Jesus. He does not end that prayer within Jesus' name. And Jesus himself trained us or told us and updated his own instructions later on in prayer and told us, until now you've not prayed in my name, ask the Father now in my name. So people stick with the prayer and they say, well, this is how Jesus taught the church to pray. Well, not technically. That's how Jesus told his disciples to pray while he was on the earth. Uh, there's some changes that happened at the cross and it affects the way we pray. So this prayer that Paul prays in Ephesians is really the church at prayer. This, this gives us a really good uh, example of how we should pray and where we should focus on in our prayers. So let's look at what Paul prays for, for the church. He says, I make mention of you in my prayers uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 17, Ephesians 1, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give to you. Now he's about to ask that God gives them something. 
Now, again, what is he going to say? Is he may that God give you his blessings? God give you his, his, his healing power or God give you, you know, and something else? Not in this prayer. That is not his focus. He says, I, I, Ephesians 1.17, I pray that the, the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The first thing, and, and you're going to see this whole prayer about this. Paul prays that the, that the church would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, it's not just wisdom for life or wisdom about how to make your decisions that he's asking for you. There's certainly a place for that in the Bible. But um, he, he basically, he says wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The wisdom and revelation Paul is praying for here is very specific. It's revelation concerning him, the knowledge of him, the knowledge of God. And he goes on to, 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 to further explain what he's, what he's talking about here. He says, the, and this is still his prayer that he's praying. Basically, we could say, I ask that the Father would give you, or I'm also asking, that, that I'm praying, verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. In other words, that, that your eyes see, that, you, that the light comes on and that you can see some things. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. Well, why, do, why does he pray that the eyes of their understanding being, be enlightened? It, it is that you may know. Those are key words there, that you may know. Paul, This prayer, Paul is praying that their eyes are opened, that light comes into their understanding so that they can know some things. See, Paul, Paul knew this, that one of the biggest needs in the Christian life is for us to know, for us to get revelation, to get, for us to have an understanding of what God has done for us. And this is where I want to start off because I, I want to encourage people to start making, to, to, to increase your hunger to know, increase your, your hunger and desire to know more. And for those of you who join us regularly, I understand you're already coming and you're already sitting under the word of God. But, you know, there, there's a lot of Christians that, that do not appreciate the value of teaching. They do not understand the value and importance of, of sitting under the word of God. Now, over the next month, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I am trusting God to step up and to increase the amount of word that I'm putting out. We're going to, I'm finally going to be starting the podcasts. We're also, for people in the UK, we're starting some live meetings around the country. And I, I'm going to be stepping up the teaching of the word of God because I believe that, 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 that the caliber of, of word that people are hearing and that people are receiving needs to increase. Why? Because God wants us to know. You know, there's, there, there, there's a lot of religious teaching that's, that, that is all about the fact that we can't know the things of God. A lot of people have had it built into their, their mindsets. And there's still people today say that, you know, you can't know the will of God. You can never know what God's going to do. You don't know. We don't know. We don't understand. It's a mystery. All of these kinds of things that people say. And I'm going to show you some things from the word tonight and possibly next week as well, that God wants us to know. It is part of the New Testament. It is part of the of what God has made available to the church to come to a place of knowing and understanding, to have light, revelation, to have our eyes opened. Okay. So he said that you may know. 
And then he then goes on to to uh, basically explain three areas that he was praying that they would know that you may know one, what is the hope of his calling? Two, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And three, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Uh, and then he goes on and talks about that. That's the power that was released at the resurrection of Jesus. So Paul is specifically praying here that, that, that they would know certain things. And, and a lot of it pertains to come to a greater understanding of what God has done for us in Christ, what God has made available to us. See, many people have not uh, appreciated the, the, the importance of knowing, the importance of getting clearer understanding of, of, of the word of God. And, and I believe that knowing, knowing the word, knowing what God is saying, knowing what God has shown us in his word is one of the biggest needs of a Christian. You know, it, when you read the Old Testament, you'll probably notice that there's prophets, and then there's also false prophets. There's a lot of, in the Old Testament, there's a lot of talk about false prophets. And, but it's interesting in the New Testament, the emphasis isn't all on false prophets. It's on false teachers. It's on people who are teaching the wrong thing, not teaching the word of God. And Paul, Paul spent a lot of his time teaching, making sure that people knew that they were grounded, that they understood what, uh, what God was saying and what the word of God and the truth and he spent a lot of time uh, of his time kind of combating false teaching and false teachers. See, one of the biggest problems for Christians these days is is is, is wrong teaching or lack of teaching. Either when people are hearing the wrong thing, and especially religious mindsets that have become inbuilt into people. And this is holding a lot of people back. God wants the eyes of our understanding enlightened. Now, this prayer that I've just that I've just uh, that I've just read, I, I, I want to encourage you: make this a prayer. You start praying over yourself every day for the next few months, if you have to. Begin to pray out, seek God for an understanding. God wants His church. He wants Christians to know, to understand, and to walk in the light of 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 His Word. And we're going to, uh, I'm going to show this even clearer. You know, Jesus, uh, we don't have to look at all of these verses, but in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus talked about people who do not see and they do not hear. And as a result, they do not understand. He talks about people who couldn't see. Now, remember, Paul prayed the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. God wants us to see. God wants us to, 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 to have our eyes opened. I'm going to show you things. It's part of the provision of the New Testament. It's part of what God has made available to every Christian is the ability to know, to see, and to understand. And, and, and we should be hungry for this. You know, I've, I've had people say to me many times, you know, I wish I knew how much you know as a teacher. I wish I knew what you know. And to be honest with you, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit and the help of God, I wouldn't know anything. Okay? You can know what I know and more. That's the good news. You don't have to have, you have to always rely on someone else to show you. Every Christian should be walking in a greater understanding and a greater revelation of the word rather than always being dependent upon someone else. Now, again, I don't mind answering questions. I love to help people where I can. But it always amazes me the questions sometimes I get from people who've been Christians 20 years, many, many years. And, and, and it shows they have such a lack of understanding. 
It saddens me that we have developed a church culture where people are dependent upon the ministry. They are dependent upon their pastor to get their prayers answered. They are dependent upon someone else helping them to understand the Bible. It's a dependence culture, whereas God wants every one of us walking in a full understanding of the word ourselves, the Holy Spirit teaching us. You know, people say, when I, when I read the Bible, I just don't get anything out of it. And I don't understand how you do. How is it that you see things and you understand things? It's because I have learned to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I have spent years praying and asking God, give me understanding. Proverbs talks about search for understanding like treasure. Be hungry for it. Okay. And this, I, I, I really believe, I want to stir people up, become more hungry for an understanding of the word. So, as I said, Matthew 13, Jesus talked about people who do not see. Why? Because their eyes are blinded, their eyes are closed. He talked about that they have their eyes, they have closed. You know what? One of the greatest. I'm going to say criticisms Jesus had of the Pharisees. Uh, And it's something he repetitively said about them is he called them blind, blind. And and, and that's a shocking thought. They found it quite offensive because the Pharisees were the Bible scholars, the scribes and the Pharisees. They were the Bible scholars of the day. They were the theologians. Uh, They were studied in the word of God. They thought they knew they understood the word of God, but they were not studying it with the help of the Holy Spirit. And they were not understanding it. They were just understanding it intellectually. And so Jesus said of them in Matthew 15, he called, he said to them, uh, he, he basically said, they are blind leaders of the blind. So they are blind and they are leading the blind. See, if you follow the wrong people, if you follow someone who doesn't really understand the word of God, if they are blind, you're going to be blind. You're not going to see. Many people have put themselves in positions where they're hearing religious teaching, they're hearing theology, they're hearing things that are not the word of God. And it's, and, and it might be sound wonderful religiously, but it's just it's, it, it, it's putting them in a position of blindness. And when people hear things like, well, you can't know the will of God. You can't, you can never know what God wants. You know, we just don't understand. We, we, you know, we don't, we, we don't, we can never know. We can never understand the things of God. It's a mystery. These things have been pushed so strong in the church that I've made up my mind. I'm going to break through that barrier with teaching of the word of God and start to get, bring people to a place where we believe we can know, we can understand, we can walk in the light. And the more we walk in the light, the more of the things of God we will walk in. See, this is, this is what the enemy is trying to do. By keeping people in the dark, by keeping people out of uh, the full understanding The enemy is keeping people out. Ephesians talks about people who are separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. See, not knowing, not having light, not having understanding will put you in a position where it separates you from the fullness of the life of God in your life. And and, and it saddens me that a lot of Christians are not hungry for more teaching of the word. They'll happily go and watch a miracle service or they'll watch a a minister run around and get excited. And there's a place for that because that can be under the move of the Holy Spirit. I'm not against that, but people prioritize that. Is that the type of meeting they want to go to all the time? And a lot of Christians will not take the time to sit under teaching. 
But God, we are entering a day, I believe this right now, we're entering a phase right now in the, in the church, and this is stirring in my heart, where God wants the caliber of his word coming forth stronger. He wants Christians to start giving the word of God the place in their lives that his word is supposed to have. And exposing ourselves more to teaching, more to getting a hold of good, solid teaching of the word of God. We, we, for too long, religious ideas have, have been dominant in the church and have kept people blinded. But God wants light. This, this, this is what I want to stir up. As we go into the new year, I understand people can, can watch the recordings of these anytime, but I'm recording this just at the start of a new year. Make this year, make a decision that this year is going to be the year you get greater light, greater understanding, and grow more in the Word of God. Make a decision that this is going to be the year you're going to give the Word of God even more place in your life than you ever have. Don't let anything stop you from that. Okay, over and over again, Jesus called the Pharisees blind and the, the Sadducees. But it is time. It is time. I want to stir people up. It is time for truth to prevail in the church. It is time for religious teaching to start to not be so dominant and for the truth of God's word. God wants his, the, the standard of his word raised up higher in the church. And so that his word takes dominance in people's beliefs. It's time for what God is saying to take dominance over man's ideas in the church. It's time for the light of the word of God to begin to shine forth. But in order for that to happen, we're going to have to have teaching. We're going to have to expose ourselves more to good quality, solid word-based teaching. Amen. And so this is a time for light and understanding. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Second Corinthians chapter three. And I want to show you something, you know, like I said, a lot of people have believed that we cannot know and we cannot understand. I want to change that belief. That, that is a big thrust of what tonight's teaching is about, is to begin to really stir in us and a belief that I can know. I can know the will of God. I can know and understand the things of God. And I'm going to seek after that and cry out to God for understanding. It's what Proverbs says. When you begin to hunger, when you begin to cry out for understanding, then you'll find the knowledge of God. Second Corinthians chapter 3. And Second Corinthians chapter 3. He begins to talk about uh, Moses and the veil that Moses put over his face when he came down from the mountain. See, Moses came down from the mountain. He had been in the glory of God. And the, because his face shone, the people couldn't, couldn't look at that. It was too much for them. So he put a veil over his face. Now, Paul likens that veil to a veil that is caused blindness over their eyes. And he talks about that here in 2 Corinthians 3. And this is not a small subject in the New Testament. This is a major thrust of what the New Testament is about. It is about understanding, light, seeing what God has for us. So let's look here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, um, uh, verse 13. He talks about, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end that was passing away. And then he says, but their minds were blinded. That veil was like a blindness. Their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. 
Now here he likens that veil specifically to blockage over their eyes when they read the scriptures. Obviously, at that at this time, the Old Testament is all they really had. Paul was busy writing the New Testament. But he's saying that veil was like a, a blockage, a blindness over their eyes in reading the scriptures. And, and he says, for, so let me read that again. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. I want you to see that veil is connected to the reading of the word that he's talking about. Then he says, because the veil is taken away in Christ. I don't know if any of you know anything about in Christ truths. When the Bible says in Christ, it's talking about something that is given to us, that we, that as a Christian, we are in Christ. So any time the Bible says something about in Christ, it's talking about us and what we have. That veil, that blockage, that blindness over people's eyes in the reading of the word of God is removed in Christ. That's a good thing to speak out. Uh, we were talking about uh, words and believing in our heart uh, in the previous series. Begin to believe and begin to say the veil is taken off my eyes. When I read the word of God, I see, I understand because the blockage, that blindness has been removed in Christ. That is a good thing to speak out. And then he says, but even to this day, when Moses is read, the veil lies on their heart. So he's talking about uh, the blindness that was being caused in in, in the Jewish people uh, when they were reading the scriptures. And then he says, he repeats it. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. This is a powerful truth. That veil is removed. What does that veil apply to? That veil applies to our reading of the scriptures. Now, why would God remove the veil that causes blindness if he didn't want us to understand? If God did not want us to know what his word is talking about, he would have just left the veil there. But in the New Testament, in Christ, as part of what God has given us, the veil over our understanding is removed. Okay? He says, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Verse 17, now the spirit, the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, now he's no longer talking about Israel, he's talking about the, the church, the Christians. We all, with unveiled face, in other words, a face that it no longer has that veil, unveiled face. Now, before I read the rest of this, let me remind you, what did that veil apply to? That veil applied to their reading of the scriptures. So when he refers to unveiled face, the context is that veil was there to block understanding of the scriptures. So when the veil is taken away, it, it, it is still in context of the reading of the word. Okay. So, and moved in Christ when we read the word with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Now, if you know anything about uh, uh, other scriptures in the New Testament, James likens the word of God to a mirror. And, 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 and so I believe here, because the context here is talking about reading the word, our time in the word, and, he, and he, the unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, in other words, the word. He is talking about when we look into the word of God, there's no veil on our eyes. We look into the mirror, the mirror of the word. Behold, beholding has got to do with looking, seeing, looking into the word with no veil on our eyes anymore. 
what do we see? We see the glory of the Lord revealed. And as a result, that causes us to change. It says we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And I might say some things about that another time. But what I want you to see right now is he's talking about the fact that there's no veil over our eyes. We need to begin to believe this is my year of understanding. This is my year where I'm going to see. I'm going to understand. I'm going to have a greater understanding of the word of God. Now, I'm lay- what I'm doing this week, I'm laying the foundation for some things I'm going to be going into in the next few weeks as I start a new series. I just felt I wanted to do this one and, and another individual one next week to specifically lay the groundwork for some things we're going to be doing. Okay, but, but begin to believe you can see this. Begin to believe we can know. There's too many people still in the church who don't believe we can know and we can understand. Now, that was the last verse of Second Corinthians chapter 3. Let's continue on into 2 Corinthians chapter 4, because this continues on. There were no chapter breaks when Paul wrote this. So he's still talking about the same thing. Uh, So 2 Corinthians 4 verse 1, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God. He's still talking about the word of God, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. Paul here is showing that his role was to manifest, to reveal, to show the truth to people. Why? Because God wants us to know. God wants us to understand. And then he goes on in verse three, but if our gospel is veiled, still talking about the veil, it says, if the gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. But why? Because in Christ, the veil's removed. We can understand. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded. He comes back to blindness again. When there's a veil over your eyes, there's a blindness. You can't see. Many people, and when they're reading the word of God, when they're spending time in the word of God, there's a blindness. There's a veil. You know, you can intellectually study the Bible as much as you want, but if there's a blindness over your spiritual eyes, you're not going to see what God is saying. This is what happens a lot of times. People, people go, just go and they, they study the Bible from a secular point of view. They don't call, they're not listening to the Holy Spirit. They study it almost like a textbook. And then they think they're experts because they know theology and because now they just know the Bible. I'm sorry, but there's a lot of people who are still like the Pharisees, blind leaders of the blind. We need, we need people who are hearing from God, who read the Bible with no veil over their eyes and see the truth of what God is actually saying through his word. Okay. And he says that, that whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel talks about the light of the gospel. Okay. Should shine on them. And he goes on and he talks about in verse six, he talks about God, for it is God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our hearts. So he talks about just like in Genesis, when God said, let there be light. says, for it is God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, just like God did in Genesis, just like God did in creation. When he said, let there be light, Paul says, yeah, God has also shone light in our hearts. That's what Paul prayed, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. The light goes on. God wants our hearts filled with the light of understanding and revelation. It says, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
people, I, I want you, I, I want, I, I'm saying this because I want people to begin to understand this. We are entering a day, we're entering a time when the word of God is going to go forth like never before. God wants to raise the caliber, wants to raise the standard. We need Christians who are hungry. And I, I'm saying this to you, people who listen regularly. I want to say to you, begin to spread this, begin to encourage people and begin to say, begin to help others begin to see that we need to be exposing ourselves to teaching the word of God. We need to become more hungry and spread that hunger onto others because God wants the light and the revelation and the understanding to start taking dominance in his church, understanding of the word of God. Too many Christians do not prioritize teaching. They're happy with preaching. They're happy with excitement. They're happy. And then when they want things, they go to others to pray for them. It's time for teaching again. People, you know, sometimes people say, oh, yes, you know, in the 1970s, there was a teaching revival. I remember that, you know, it was all when God raised up all the teachers. And, and sometimes people act like almost like that was a move or a phase in the church. And then now we've moved on to something else. Let me say this. No, we are about to enter into a phase again now where teaching is going to come to the forefront because this is this is central to the New Testament, the Christian life. And it's got to become, become stronger, become even more hungry for the word than you ever have before. Because this is what God has for us. Make a decision that you're going to see, that you're going to know, that you're going to understand more than ever before. You know, one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit in the church. See, you know, people probably heard a lot of teaching about the Holy Spirit. We hear about the Holy Spirit as our helper. And, and people think, you know, well, he helps me when I feel down. He's my comforter. And, and I, I'm not saying he doesn't do that. He, I, I believe there is a role to that. But, you know, the primary, the number one, the top role of the Holy Spirit is not just there to pat you on the back when you're having a down day or to help you with something. The number one, the top role of the Holy Spirit in your life is that of teacher. It is, it is to reveal truth. He is the spirit of truth. And there are things he wants to begin to show the church and to show you as an individual Christian and to begin to get more in the word of God and begin to get understanding, become grounded in the word of God. The enemy is trying to keep Christians out of the word. He is trying. He will do anything. He, he, he doesn't mind if you go to church and you get excited at lots of meetings. But what he will do, everything he can do is get you to stop reading your Bible. <laughs> get you to stop spending time in the word of God. He'll do every, the enemy does everything he can to fight against teaching of the word because he knows that's where that is where the, the power comes into the Christian life where we begin to move forward in a lot of areas. If we go back to the book, uh, the book of John chapter 16, John chapter 16, I want to show you some things about the Holy Spirit. And I, I want you to begin to realize the Holy Spirit is your teacher. It is his primary role in your life, his number one role. And if you look at John chapter 14, 15, and 16, which are the main chapters where Jesus talked a lot about the Holy Spirit, the primary focus of these chapters is him as the revealer of truth and as the teacher. God sent the Holy Spirit into the church for a very specific purpose. Now, let's look at some things Jesus said. John chapter 16, we'll start there. John chapter 16 and verse 12. Jesus says this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Now, you know, remember, he is saying this to his disciples before he went to the cross. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, I still have many things to say to you. In other words, Jesus is telling them, I have not told you everything yet. Okay. At that time. 
at the time Jesus is saying this, this is before Jesus went to the cross. And, and, and you know, a lot of times, I be, hey, I have the greatest, utmost respect for the teachings of Jesus. I'm not minimizing them. They are truth. Jesus is the word of God. However, Jesus himself told us that in his teachings while he was on this earth, he did not tell us everything. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. He said, he said this to his disciples, there's a lot of things I haven't been able to tell you yet. Okay. Now, Jesus was about to go to the cross and at the cross, things changed. After the cross, all the things that Jesus could not tell them became available and they, and, and they were able to start understanding those things. That's why God used people like the Apostle Paul to bring forth a revelation in the New Testament, because there are things in there that Jesus had not been able to talk about prior to this. There's things in the, 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 the New Testament, in the, the epistles of Paul, that the Old Testament didn't, didn't, didn't show, didn't clarify, didn't teach, because it had to wait for a specific time. It had to wait until people started to get born again and started having the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them so that they could understand spiritual truth. See, Jesus says, let's read this again. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, so Jesus doesn't say, that's the, well, that's the end of it. There's lots of things I want to say to you, but sorry, yeah, I just can't, so tough. <laughs> no, he doesn't end it there. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he starts to talk about the Holy Spirit. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. And put that together with what he's just said. He has just said, I have got a lot of things to say to you that I haven't said. I can't say it all now. Okay. But he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will say it all. He'll say all the things I've not, I've not been able to teach yet. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you. The, the Holy Spirit is there to show us, to teach us, to tell us things. That's his role. That's what you need to learn to begin to look to on the inside. You need to learn to be able to draw from the teacher that God has given you. Every Christian, you have the Holy Spirit available to you as your teacher to show you things. People might say, oh, you know, uh, does that mean I don't need you as a teacher anymore? Well, you know, <laughs> I appreciate you continuing to listen. But, you know, God uses natural teachers as well, human teachers. However, however. The primary teacher in your life needs to be the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now I might be doing my, I sometimes say, you know, as a teacher, my role is to do myself out of a job. In other words, I don't want to make people more dependent upon me. That's not my goal. That is not my goal as a teacher. I want people to become more dependent upon God, more dependent upon the word, more dependent upon the Holy Spirit and to begin to learn how to draw from him what he is teaching us. Okay. Now, in fact, Paul picked up on this thing about what, what Jesus had said there, and he explains a little bit more of it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. Paul talks about the, what he was teaching, and he says this, however, we speak a wisdom among those who are mature. He's talking about we speak. So in other words, things we teach, we talk about. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God, the hidden wisdom. Now, he calls it the hidden wisdom. See, people read that and think, oh, yes, it's, it's hidden, you see. 
Again, religious people love to think of everything's hidden. We can't know. But if you do a study of this, you'll find out elsewhere. Paul talked about the things that were hidden have now been revealed in the church to the believer. These, these things are not hidden anymore. Okay. The hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. In other words, it used to be hidden, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen. It's talking about eyes again. Nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. A lot of people stop reading there and they say, oh, yes, you know, eye I I has not seen and nor ear heard. And, you know, we could just never understand. That's not where he ends because he goes on from there. In the natural, there's a lot of things we can't understand. That's why if you just try to study the Bible naturally with your own head, with your own understanding, you'll never come to the fullness of understanding of, of, of the revelation of what God is saying. And there's a lot of people that have done that. They just study the Bible intellectually. And they are just as blind as the next person. You can know Greek and Hebrew and Chaldean, Babylonian, every other language ever used anywhere in the Bible. And, 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 and you can know Latin, every language the Bible has been translated into. You can have understanding of all kinds of things and yet still only intellectually understand the Bible and not hear what God is saying and still be blind. We have got to learn how to tap into the Holy Spirit as our teacher to help reveal truth to us. Okay, and so he goes on in verse in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10, he says, but God. Now, remember, he's just talks about eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered into the hearts of man, things that God's prepared. And then he says in verse 10, but God has revealed them to us. How? Through his spirit. This connects to what Jesus was saying. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He's the spirit of truth. How does God reveal these things to us? Through the spirit. It's by his spirit that he begins to show us things. And he talks about the spirit. He says, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. See, the spirit of God knows everything of God. He knows everything there is of God. And the wonderful thing is God has given the Holy Spirit to us, to you. You have, When you become born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. And you have inside of you the, the revealer of truth, the teacher, who, who, who will help take those blindness off and begin to help you understand the word of God more. And, and, and make this your year. Make a decision. I'm going to know and understand the word of God more than ever before from this time forward. Um, verse 12, he says, now we have received, we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So he's just told you the spirit knows all of the things of God. And then he says, but we have received that spirit. We have received the Holy Spirit. And he then tells you the purpose, the reason, why did we receive the Holy Spirit? Now, we have received, I'm going to take the little bit out in between commas, not the spirit of the world. Okay. We have received the spirit who is from God. That. Now, that is a word which teaches purpose. This is the reason you have received the spirit who is from God. In other words, the Holy Spirit. We have received the spirit who is from God that we might know. 
Why did God give us the Holy Spirit? So that you can know some things. The primary number one role of, role of the Holy Spirit is not so that you can run around the building feeling, feeling goosebumps. The number one role of the Holy Spirit is to teach you, to lead you into truth and to help you to know, know truth and know and understand the things of God. We have received the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. God wants you in the know. God wants you to know. He wants you to understand. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual, verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Now, what are the things? The things of the Spirit of God. It says the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. What are the things of the Spirit of God? It's what he's just talked about. It's the, 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 Holy, the teaching that the Holy Spirit brings. It's that things where the Holy Spirit shows you that you can know things. He says the natural man does not receive what the Holy Spirit is, is teaching and what the Holy Spirit is trying to help us know. This is why Jesus said to his disciples, there's a lot of things I can't tell you. Why? Because before the cross, while the disciples were on this earth, they were not born again. They had a covenant. They were Jews. They were in covenant with God, but their spirits were not born again. It was only at the cross that people became born again. Their spirit got recreated and the Holy Spirit went to live, came to live on the inside of each believer. So before the cross, Jesus knew there's certain things I can't tell you. Why? Because you're just natural men and you cannot grasp and understand the things that the Holy Spirit is revealing. It's going to take you being born again. It's going to take the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you because and him beginning to reveal truth and open the eyes of your understanding and bring light to your heart. Jesus knew that. That's why he didn't teach certain things. He waited until they were born again. And then he says, the Holy Spirit will now teach you those things. So you. When the church age started, when the church began in the book of Acts, after the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus, and when the Holy Spirit was released into the church, that began a day of understanding. All of the darkness, all of the blindness, all of the un inability to know, all of the inability to understand what God is saying is gone. That's why when, 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 when you hear people under the name of Christianity saying, oh, you know, we just can't know, we can't understand. Immediately, I just think that's, that's the blind leading the blind. That is not God's truth. The whole New Testament is about you knowing. It is about you understanding. It is about you receiving and walking in and understanding truth. The Holy Spirit, remember verse 12, the Holy Spirit, we have received the Spirit who is from God that we might know. I want you to begin to grab a hold of that and begin to realize the number one role of the Holy Spirit in your life is so that you can know and understand the things of God and understand the word of God and have light and understanding shine on your heart when you read the word of God. Because that's what God wants. God wants his church walking in the know. Doesn't want us walking in blindness anymore. Doesn't want us walking in darkness. Doesn't want us walking in a lack of knowledge. He wants us to know. We need to begin to believe this. Everything that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in John 16, he talked about he's the spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. 
And, and in John 14, he talked to he again referred to him as the spirit of truth over and over again. Uh, John 14 and verse 26, I'm just jumping a few verses here. He says, but the helper, the helper. See, many people, again, they think Holy Spirit's my helper. Yes. Notice everything he said. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you. He connects him as the helper to him teaching you. What is the primary help he's trying to give you? Teach you. Teach you. Many people have never seen this. They, they see the, the Holy Spirit in all kinds of other roles. Now, you know, when Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, he, call, he, he, he talked about the Holy Spirit is another helper, another. And in fact, the word, the, the original word, a lot of people might have uh, heard this before, parakletos. If I don't pronounce the Greek well, please understand. It's all Greek to me. But um, and, and it's kind of the, the, the parakletos is, is, is often the, 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 the Greek word that people translate as who the Holy Spirit is. He's out, my helper, my comforter, my counselor, my standby, my strengthener. Okay. But Jesus called him another parakletos. And the word another is very important. The word another in, in the Greek language, there were two different words for that mean another, okay? One means another of a different kind. Now, you see, you can have two chairs. I usually, when I teach this, I've usually got chairs around me in front of Bible school students. You can have two chairs. Okay. Okay. This is a plug. It is actually a plug. It opens up into a plug. And this is a plug. Now, they are both plugs, but they're different plugs. They look slightly different. You can see that. Okay. This is a plug. This is another plug. Okay. But they are different. They're slightly different plugs. They actually got different connections on, the, on, on them as well. They take different cables. So one Greek word for another means that. It means another, but different. All right. The other Greek word means another of the same kind. In other words, exactly the same. I don't actually have two plugs exactly the same. So one plug here. Oh, there it is. Another plug here. See, it's exactly the same as that plug. You see? <laughs> okay. That plug there is exactly the same as the plug that I have in that hand. Okay. All right. Two things exactly the same. So when Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is another parakletos, that word another means he is another. In other words, Jesus is saying he is exactly to me what so, sorry, he, he will be exactly to you what I have been to you. He's not going to be different to me. He's going to do in your life what I've done. Now, what, what was Jesus' primary role in this disciple's life? Was Jesus there just to pat them on the back when they were having a down day? I'm sure he did that. He was a friend. But his primary role was a teacher. His primary role was to reveal to them the word of God. So when Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is going to do for you exactly what I have done for you, because he is another of the same kind, he was showing that he is going to take up that same role as teacher, revealer of truth, the one who helps you to understand, the one who helps you see. Because the, 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 the New Testament, when we entered into the New Testament, we entered into an age of understanding, an age of seeing. And, our, and when the veil, the blindness was removed so that we could begin to see and understand the things of God. And this is what God wants for every Christian. Now, for too long, for too long, Christians have been in the dark. For too long, a lot of Christians have still been blinded. They've been, they've heard so much religious teaching from blind leading the blind. 
and they've just come to the stage where they've understood so many things that that they they can they know christian doctrine but they don't know the word of god so you can know what the church teaches and it's just man's ideas or you can know the word of god god wants his word to start taking preeminence and we are entering a day where the word of god is going to come forth like never before and it is going to come forth in force because this is this is not a side issue this is not a, a just a move of god this is not just something secondary to the christian life this is a primary focus of the christian life the new testament is all about knowing seeing having light having understanding one of the best things you can do is expose yourself to more, more to more teaching. One of the best ways you can help another Christian is to get them into teaching. Too often we just pray for them and then we leave them in the dark. And the next time they have a crisis, they need someone to pray for them again. What they need to do is getting un, get under the word of God for themselves. So I'm going to be I'm going to be releasing even more teaching. As I said, I'm starting the podcasts. It'll be a different series coming out every week. Audio podcasts, which people can subscribe to these teachings, live teaching meetings. But, but make this the year where you understand more. Get light, get understanding and begin to realize that God wants his church to walk in the light. And it's time for the religious ideas. It's time for man's ideas, which have taken preeminence in the church to be swept aside by tr the truth of the word of God so that the Holy Spirit can rise to the position that he, that he is supposed to have and teach us and bring us understanding and knowledge and wisdom and have our eyes opened. Okay. So that is, that's what I wanted to, to start off with tonight. This is about eyes to see. And I want to encourage everybody to have a greater hunger for the word of God and to seek out and to begin to stir up your own passion to know the word of God more, get more in the Bible, Start exposing yourself more to teaching. If you have to listen to these teaching videos over and over again, do so. Just begin to stir up your passion for understanding and teaching. And as you begin to do that, I believe God's going to be God. God, God is going to do things in your life, and He's also going to start to do a lot more things in the church. I believe through teaching of the Word of God, we're entering a day of increased teaching. It's going to happen. This is what God wants. Amen. So bless you. Now next week I'm going to talk about some other things. I'm going to, today I'm laying the foundation for next week. Next week, I'm going to lay the foundation for the series that we're going to be starting after that. We're going to be going into some things and uh, teaching some things. I'll, I'll um, put some adverts out shortly about what that series is going to be. But thank you everyone for joining us on both um, YouTube and on Facebook and uh, appreciate that. And I have seen some of the comments I just haven't is praise God and amen. And I love Jesus there. Thank you to me and Deanna and some of the others. Uh, who are watching, but God bless you all. Let's make this a year of increased understanding. Stir up our hunger for the word of God and, and, and get others in as well. Get others in, and spread that passion to know and understand the word of God more. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I appreciate you all too. And God bless you. So we will, we'll be back again next week and I will hopefully by next week, I'll have some actual details and where you can start start to subscribe to the podcasts. As I said, it's going to be a separate teaching series to the one that I do online. So we'll have the, the online one plus the audio podcast, two different teaching series going out every week from from in the next few days. So I will give you some more information about that as soon as that's available. So God bless you all and we'll see you. It's good to be back. I'm enjoying being back again every week. So I'm excited about what this year holds for us. And uh, we've got some good series coming up back again next week. So God bless you. Well, let's just close in prayer here. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's here to lead us into truth. So the Holy Spirit, I thank you that, that you, you, you want us to know that God sent the Holy Spirit into the church that we might know the things that God has given us and that God has done for us. And like Paul prayed in Ephesians, I ask for everybody listening right now, Heavenly Father, I ask that you'll open the eyes of their understanding and help them to see, help them to know everything that you've provided, everything that you've done, everything that you've made available in Christ and through Christ. Help us to come to a greater place of understanding over the next few weeks and through the next year. We receive that. Thank you that we have eyes to see. Thank you that the veil has been removed from our eyes in Christ and the blindness has gone and now the light of truth can shine into our hearts. We receive that. We receive greater revelation and we receive greater understanding of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Well, God bless you all. And uh, we will see you again next week.